With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a big day tomorrow here. Fox Sports Philadelphia. Villanova Wildcats and the Delaware Blue Hens tomorrow. Right here on Fox Sports Philadelphia. And you know what? When it comes to first round matchups, yeah, you're never going to get... Uh, a two seed and a 15 seed, and be like, that's a close game, even though right now Kentucky is only up by two against St. Peter's, uh, the Peacocks. But what you want at least, or what's nice, local ties. And Delaware, somewhat local to Villanova, obviously, very close, Delaware and Philadelphia. But the Blue Hens have a lot of Villanova ties as well within their program. So it makes for a really interesting regional matchup for the Wildcats and Blue Hens. And here to talk about that and more things Villanova, it's the voice of the Wildcats, voice of the Villanova men's basketball team, Ryan Fannin, who's joining me on the Dr. Glatt Rieger hairline. Dr. Paul Glatt, Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. Visit Dr. Glatt. Dot com. Now, there were a couple things when it came to Selection Sunday you were waiting for Nova, Ryan. It was whether or not they would get a two-seed. I know we were anticipating that after they won the Big East Championship. But how surprised were you that it was the Blue Hens, and how much was a nice surprise it was to see the Blue Hens as the Wildcats' first opponent? I, I First, great being with you tonight. I would say the first thing I thought was as soon as Delaware won the CAA tournament, you could just see the the ability for Villanova to match up with Delaware made a lot of sense. I felt like if UNC Wilmington had won the CAA automatic bid, that they were more of a 14 seed. But I had a hunch that being the five seed out of the CAA, that it was a very good chance that Delaware was going to be on the 15 line. And then when Villanova won the Big East tournament, I felt they deserved the two line. They got it. And I just felt it was a natural. I actually thought the three best opportunities for Villanova to play an opponent were probably St. Peter's, ironically. Um, but my first choice was actually Delaware. I, wrote, I sent a text and said, I think the three teams, we had the best chance to play Delaware, St. Peter's, and Colgate. And uh, it played out. And uh, Villanova's played Delaware 15 times in the history, 15-0, and 0, trying to make it 16-0. and 15-0. That's pretty great good. Great football rivalry, as we know. Yeah. So uh, the matchup's exciting. You know, the schools are 40 minutes away, travel time, great rivals in football. And uh, now we're going to go at it tomorrow with the trip to the second round on the line. Yeah, and there are ties to Villanova in the Delaware coaching staff too, right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many. Let's start with Martin Inglesby. I mean, he played at Notre Dame. His dad, Tom Inglesby, one of the great Villanova guards of all time, played in the national championship game against UCLA in 1971 when he was a sophomore. Martin grew up going to Villanova games with his dad and then ended up playing at Notre Dame, becoming the head coach at Delaware. And I actually just talked to uh, – Martin Inglesby, the head coach's dad, Tom Inglesby, today, and he's going to join us tomorrow um, for our pregame. Oh, I love um, it. 
So it's going to be great to have a uh, Villanova legend and the dad of the Delaware head coach, uh, Tom Inglesby, tomorrow. Um, and uh, so many great connections. And, and ironically, uh, Baker Dunleavy, former walk-on at Villanova, who's now the head coach at Quinnipiac, he married Tom Inglesby's daughter, Chrissy. So, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> so many connections. It just keeps going and going. Yeah, and it makes for a, a really nice regional first-round matchup. But how do the Wildcats match up on the court against Delaware? What is that matchup like? Well, first of all, when I just look at the matchup in terms of, you know, across the board, from a size standpoint, rebounding-wise, I think Villanova, that as we know, because they're not a, you know, they're not a big team size-wise, um, you know, it's one of the things I always look at in the matchups. Um, and tomorrow you look at Delaware's starting lineup and, you know, they, they start three guards, six one, six five, and six four, and then up front, six seven and six nine. So um not a lot of girth um across the front line with Jair Davis at six seven and Andrew Carr at six nine, um both just a little over two hundred pounds each. So I think rebounding wise and then statistically as I look at Delaware um, you know, I was trying to find sort of that stat that jumps out. And uh, the one thing that I would say is pretty impressive is they shoot 47% as a team from the floor. Um, so they, they shoot the ball solid. They, they From three-point range, they make about seven and a half threes a game. Um, you know, uh, there's nothing statistically that really was like, okay, they do that great, sort of like Villanova. They're tracking to be the best free throw shooting team in college basketball history. <laughs> There's no sort of trend when I look at statistically that jumps out. I think this is a really good team from the CAA, and if Villanova is able to play their game, um, they should be fine in this matchup. But as we know, watching St. Peter's and Kentucky, and finally Kentucky's emerged a little bit with a six-point lead with under four to go right now. But, you know, these two fifteen games, they're always dangerous. And, of course, we saw history when uh, – UMBC beat UVA back in uh, 2018 in the first round. And then what did UVA do? Win the national championship the next year. So this stuff just gets crazier by the year. Yeah, and towards the end of the season, and of course it didn't mean much because they won the Big East Championship, but obviously there were some injuries to some key players, you know, and they played like Justin Moore and Colin Gillespie, but, you know, hampered and had the usual bumps and bruises. How are the Wildcats health-wise going into this? Like everybody feeling about as well as they can going into March and this late in the season? Uh, fortunately, yes. I mean, you know, you've had the back spasms of Samuels up in New York. I don't know how he played so well, by the way, during that, through all of that. Oh, that was incredible. incredible. I mean, it's so impressive. And, you know, you look back and, you, you know, Slater had the ankle injury during the year that he played through. And then he got healthy with about a month ago. And then Gillespie and Moore had the ankle injuries. And then Samuels, the back spasms. But I would honestly look at our team right now and say, you want to go into the NCAA tournament playing your best basketball of the year, and you want to go in healthy. And I feel like Villanova right now in a year that feels very different than last year when it was Baylor and Gonzaga at an incredibly high level, 1-2 or 2-1, however you wanted to look at it, going into March, and then everybody else. This year, Villanova's playing their best ball. They're healthy and there's unbelievable parity across the board. And I like the old term, why not us?
Yeah, why not? Uh, we're talking with Ryan Fannin, who is the voice of the Villanova men's basketball team, who you can hear tomorrow right here on Fox Sports Philadelphia. Uh, pre-game starts at uh, 2 o'clock, 2.15. When are, we, when are we starting pre-game? Maybe I should have known this. I'm going to be on the broadcast as well. 2.15 is 2.15. Okay. You're all over it. <laughs> 2.15 it is. Uh, pre-game, 2.45 tip, although with the tournament, that's always subject to exactly. change. Yeah. Might end up being more like 3 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, it probably could be. That's, that's the fun of the tournament though. Uh, but Villanova, relatively healthy coming in, coming off of that Big East championship and doing very well. A, a couple of notes just in particular with Nova real quick that I want to go over. Uh, their depth and their bench. Obviously that was a, a big thing for Nova, trying to figure out how deep they could go or who they are going to use off the bench. And the guy that stuck out, Longino, what, why, did, why did Jay Wright decide to opt to Longino during the tournament, and are we going to see him, you think, a good amount here in the NCAA tournament? I I think that uh, down the stretch, uh, now granted one of the Big East tournament games against UConn, Villanova ended up only playing seven in that game, Um, but down the stretch and for most of the Big East tournament, we saw pretty consistently Caleb Daniels, Chris Archidiakono, and Jordan Longino be the three players off the bench. And in Villanova's title runs in 16 and 18, Jay played eight in each of those years. Even back to his final four year of 2009, he, his rotation was just seven. So usually eight's that number. So right now I would say going into tomorrow, you know, the best chance. But then again, you know, see how the game goes, right? If Villanova... Uh, is able to get a good lead uh, against Delaware at some point. I could see Brian Antoine get in there like he did a little bit in the Big East tournament. So it, it's different combinations. I think every time fans try to figure out the rotation, is it a solid eight or is it going to be a short seven or are we going to expand to nine? Something happens that makes you think again, well, maybe it's not this. So I, I just think that we are a solid eight going in, but if we need to go to nine in a pinch, you're going to play a guy that, in Brian Antoine that has a lot of talent. And a lot of people wondered, you know, um, how much he would be part of the rotation that he really hasn't down the stretch. So Villanova, I think, is in good shape rotation-wise as well, whether they end up playing eight or nine um, here in the NCAA tournament. But my guess is it will be more like eight. And when you hear about Villanova and every you know media pundit talking about Nova and what potential issues they could have, it always comes down to inside, down low, size, 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 guard heavy, guard heavy. But, you know, I kind of liked what I saw from Eric Dixon this season. I especially liked what I saw from Brandon Slater. Do you think that is as prevalent of an issue now as it was earlier in the season with the improvements that I think Slater and both Dixon has made throughout the year? Uh, what... What kind of can Villanova do to uh, to kind of counterattack size if they potentially go up against a team with really good size in the tournament? I think the physicality of Samuels really helps. You know, you look at when when there's a a unique size disadvantage. I mean, you look at Samuels and you say, okay, he's six seven, and you see a big guy that's that has maybe three inches on him starts to back him down really the girth and the strength of Samuels. And then Dixon obviously has come so far this year. I mean, he's 6'8", he's 255. You look at his year, if you would have told me he would average 9.6 and a half rebounds 
and play 25 minutes a game as our five man, I would say that was exactly what we needed from him. So, yeah, maybe Villanova doesn't have a couple of those extra inches. And, yeah, it's a tough matchup from time to time when we go against great height. But I just feel overall, um, you know, it, it almost reminds me of the analogy like when Villanova had the four guards with Nardi, Ray, and Foy and, and Lowry, how Foy actually – guarded power forwards when Villanova went to four guards back in 05 and 06 seasons um, because uh, the player is so strong that they're able to overcome the size. And that's what I think you get in Samuels. And I think Dixon is just a matchup uh, problem because he can go out and knock down the three-pointer, and that gets sometimes centers running out and playing out of position defensively to try to chase him on the perimeter. So, you know, it's a matchup that works both ways. I think we'll be fine on that front. Um, You know, a team like Purdue that Villanova lost too early in the year that's got two really good bigs, um, that's obviously a challenging matchup, but I don't think anything they can't overcome. It goes back to my point. There's just great parity across the board, and I don't think there's one great team in the NCAA tournament this season like there was last year when I fought. There was the two that we mentioned in Baylor and Gonzaga coming in. It's funny that you mentioned that team from Villanova in 05-06, the, the Nardi, Foy, uh, Kyle Lowry, Alan Ray team. I actually was watching highlights on them yesterday because I got nostalgic. That's my favorite team in college basketball. Uh, how fun was that team? Because I think you were calling games then. Uh, just real quick as a, as a fun note, how fun was it calling that team? Because they were electric. It, 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 was, all, it, was, it was amazing, and I remember... Uh, you know, that team went to the Elite Eight and it lost to Joe Kim Noah and that Florida Gators team that, you know, won the title that year in 06. Villanova lost to Florida out in Minneapolis in the Elite Eight, but had a great run, um, beat Boston College in an incredible Sweet 16 game where Villanova scored the winning basket on a shot that never went in. Kyle Lowry inbound pass, and it was goaltending. Will Sheridan had the great quote, the biggest shot of my life, and I didn't even make it. <laughs> and, and Villanova uh, advances to the Elite Eight. But those guards that year, that, that team uh, shared the Big East regular season title in 06 with UConn, and it was just an incredible group um throughout that season and that four guard offense uh it was one of the most enjoyable years i've ever uh had uh you know calling villanova um since i was fortunate enough to get the play-by-play back in 98 yeah what a great team that was it was the the team that made me uh fall in love with college basketball and reason why i am a big wildcats fan and uh, it's still nice to see one of them still in action, Kyle Lowry. I was always surprised Alan Ray didn't work out in the same way that Lowry did and Randy Foy did early on in his NBA career, but a very, very fun team to watch. But sticking with the team that is in the tournament this season, uh, when you saw the South region, how did you think the entire South region, not just, of course, Villanova and Delaware, uh, how did you think the the bracket lined up for the Wildcats in the South region? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I liked how it did it. And you're seeing, you know, 
the East region, I mean, some of the teams in the East region, the way it played out with Baylor a one seed and UCLA a four seed and Kentucky a two seed and Purdue a three seed, I mean, the East ended up being so loaded. I looked at the bracket and I said, yeah, Arizona, a lot of people are picking them to win it all. But, you know, this is a team that doesn't have a lot of players that have made a run, you know, and granted with COVID, nobody made a run two years ago. It didn't exist. But I just sort of felt like, when you looked at our bracket and you saw, okay, Arizona's the one, Villanova's the two, and Tennessee sort of jumped out at me as a team that really is playing well right now. So, And Villanova, of course, handled Tennessee by 18 back in November at the Mohegan Sun up in Connecticut. So it'll be interesting if Villanova's fortunate enough to win a couple games. We saw Tennessee already win their first-round game today. You know, you could potentially see a Villanova-Tennessee rematch from November in the Sweet 16 uh, a week from tonight down in San Antonio. So Tennessee jumps out to me as a team that's really playing well right now. And then you get to the four line in Illinois. Um, they've been solid but not spectacular. And uh, Houston, of course, went to the Final Four last year. you got to give Sampson and his unit credit um, a solid five. And then – you know, the six seed's already gone. I mean, Michigan, the 11 seed, knocked out the six seed Colorado State already today. And, uh, you know, as the upsets continue, um, we see, uh, you know, UConn just go down to New Mexico State that just went final. I mean, this is crazy. That's yeah, St. Peter's loss. is up by one against Kentucky right now. St. Peter's just, up by one. They, they, they just rallied. That's incredible. Um, because, you know, when we started this interview – Kentucky had gotten some space and had gone up six. Yeah, they were starting to make a run. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh my. But I, I do like the South region for the most part in terms of, um, you know, it's been great to have that chance to be able to win two and get back to South Philly. But look, in 2016, Villanova was very close to ending up in the East region and playing in South Philly. It didn't work out, and all they did was get sent to the South region as a two seed, and that ended up in a national championship yes, six it did. wins later. <laughs> and here we go, Villanova, another two-seed in the South with a great leader in Colin Gillespie. Who knows how far this thing's going to go, but it's going to be fun watching it. And, and Villanova's got the goods to make a run. And uh, But we know, look, just like the national championships in 16 and 18, Villanova was 33-2 and two going into the NC State game in the 1-8 game in 2015 in this city in Pittsburgh and got stunned by NC State. And then the year after winning the title, Villanova as the one seed lost to Wisconsin, who was in the 8-9 game two days earlier. So we just know that it, it, you can lose in the second round and you can go win the national championship. I mean, there's so many teams, and Villanova's a perfect example of that when you look at 15, 16, 17, and 18. Two national championships where in two years they win six, and the other two they win one game and get knocked out in the round of 32. Trying to predict this stuff is why I gave it up long ago and just say a lot of Hail Marys that Villanova advances. Yeah, and the great thing, obviously Villanova has to win. We're seeing that with Kentucky and St. Peter's right now. That is going into overtime. So uh, it's not saying that Delaware is easy. It's not saying the next matchup potentially between Ohio State, Loyola, Chicago are easy. But if you look at the road for Villanova, things may lead to them potentially taking on Tennessee in the Sweet 16 
That's an interesting matchup because early on in the season, Villanova did beat Tennessee, but this Tennessee team seems very different. Although Villanova also playing really good basketball, and I think their best basketball. Uh, what do you think about that potential rematch if it were to happen in the Sweet 16 between Nova and Tennessee? Because I think Tennessee for sure is going to get there. I think they're an extremely good team. What do you think about that potential rematch, though? I thought that was a really nice storyline in the South region. Yeah, you know, you look back to that game and Villanova, I mean, they were clicking on all cylinders in that game. And what really jumped out to me is that not only did Villanova put up a solid 71, but they held Tennessee to 53 in that game. But Tennessee has gotten so much better defensively um, as the year has gone on. Um, an impressive team. And, you know, obviously, you know, you briefly talked a little bit about Ohio State and Loyola, Chicago. You know, people forget this, but it was literally just, a few baskets away from turning the other way for Villanova playing Loyola Chicago for the national championship in 2018, four years ago. I mean, Loyola Chicago had Michigan on the ropes in the final four game before Michigan rallied. And of course, Villanova beat Michigan to win the title in 18, but you know, Loyola Chicago, you know, really good program. Um, last year they dismantled Illinois uh, 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 one of the top teams last year um, in the second round, and they got to the Sweet 16. So, you know, Villanova could, you know, obviously end up in that great matchup you mentioned, which I think would just be a tremendous matchup um, if both teams got there in the Sweet 16. But Ohio State, you know, a team that beat Villanova just two and a half years ago up in Columbus when Gillespie was young and Samuels was young. And uh, Ohio State's been a weird team. I mean, early in the year, you know, they beat Duke, and they, they beat Seton Hall, and they beat Wisconsin. But then after that, they had a COVID pause. Um, they've had injuries. They've been inconsistent. They've still got a couple big players that are question mark going into tomorrow. So Ohio State's been really inconsistent. And then Loyola Chicago is just an incredible defensive team. The level that they play defensively in the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament, um, holding opponents to 50 points, 43 points and 58 points in their three games in the Mo Valley. They're playing just outstanding defense right now. So, you know, if Villanova's fortunate enough to get by Delaware, um, whoever survives that other game, um, that's going to be a heck of a matchup. And then if that plays out, we, you know, talked about the, the Tennessee game pretty good here. That would just be a big, big time Sweet 16 game of two teams that would be red hot playing each other a week from tonight in San Antonio. Now, before I do let you go, Ryan Fannin, you can hear on the call tomorrow right here on Fox Sports Radio Philadelphia as the Wildcats take on Delaware. Uh, Ryan Fannin will be on the play-by-play with Whitey Rigsby on uh, the color commentary, which I always like hearing you two. Uh, the odd couple going back and forth. It's always a lot of fun. Year 42 <laughs> from a, our partner, Whitey. That's amazing. That is absolutely incredible. Two years on the air. The <laughs> that class is, is 78. The great Whitey Rigsby. Yeah, so maybe I could ask, I would love to ask him this question at some point. Too, but because he's seen a lot of Villanova basketball, but uh, you are very good at recalling Villanova moments and great moments. Uh, what was your favorite one to call? Probably, I know national championships are up there, but are, are there was there a moment that you just you love to call? You go back and go like that call was so much fun. That game was so much fun. Uh, what's a Wildcat moment uh, that you love to well, call? It, it, it will forever. If I live two hundred more years, it will <laughs> still be Jenkins at the buzzer. And, and you know, when you think about this. The NCAA tournament started in 1939. There's been two title games, one at the buzzer. 
And wow, only two? Wittenberg, Lorenzo Charles in 1983 in Albuquerque with Jimmy Valvano running around the court trying yeah. to find somebody to hug. And then Jen- Jenkins at the buzzer in Houston. Um, that's it. Two times ever that a shot's gone in at the buzzer to win the national championship. So that will always be number one. But, you know, we were just talking about it. Um, in 2006, when Villanova beat a longtime rival, Boston College, I remember calling the the goaltending, and I was going on the air, count it, count it, count it. <laughs> and I remember the euphoria of winning that game with those guards and one of your favorite teams you talked about. I mean, that stands out to me. Um, I remember the one that I thought, is this really happening, was when Villanova was on the 25-0 run in a Final Four game against Oklahoma in 2016, just two days before the title game, knowing that Villanova had lost to Oklahoma that December out in Hawaii by 23, and then they're going on a 25-0 run at the Final Four in the second half against Oklahoma and ended up winning by 44 points, which is still the largest margin of victory in the history of the Final Four for either a Final Four game or a championship game. So that that also stands out to me. But I'm going to go way back, and I'm going to tell you that in 2005, Villanova had not been to the Sweet 16 between 1988 when they went to the Elite Eight and 2005. And in 2005, Villanova beat New Mexico, and then they played the Florida Gators. And Villanova broke through in Nashville, and they beat the Gators. And I was just talking about that game three hours ago with a great Villanova (laughs) fan of the euphoria of a great program like Villanova that had gone 17 years without getting to the second weekend. And that was when Jay Wright was – that was the first year that he got Villanova into the NCAA tournament, which was his fourth year. Because in 2002, three and four, Villanova went to the NIT – so not only was it Jay Wright that you just knew he was destined for greatness, but he even says, hey, I didn't even go to the tournament until my fourth year as the coach. That breakthrough moment, that win over Florida, yeah. really started uh, what we see now is every single year except one year since 2005, Villanova has gone to the NCAA tournament. 2012, the only year they did, and then, of course, the pandemic pandemic cost everybody the tournament in 2020. But that was the beginning of this historic run and the greatest run in Villanova basketball history that started with the 05 Sweet 16 run. Yeah, I always, uh, I don't know why this game comes to mind because it's a game they should have won and they won pretty good and they, they were the better team. But I always loved how Villanova beat on uh, Duke in 2009, the 23 point oh, win. Yeah, I that, love that, oh, that game. <laughs> way, way up there. I've got a picture in my house at home of Coach K. And then Chris Collins and then Steve Wojciechowski, their heads are all down. They're sitting across the bench when Villanova was putting the beat down in Boston on. I think the final was... It was like 77 to 50-something, 54. 54. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I love that game. And then, of course, two days later, Scotty Reynolds, right before the buzzer, sends Villanova to their first Final Four in 24 years against Pitt. Um, that weekend in Boston will always... Because a lot of times that we all know as sports fans, when you go through a period where you haven't done something in a long time, the euphoric part of that and 
and breaking through and beating Coach K and Duke and then beating Pitt almost at the buzzer. I mean, that weekend in Boston will will live forever. Um, and then, of course, ran into a buzzsaw with the Tar Heels. Yeah, um, very good. Four, but yeah. it took nothing away from an incredible year that Villanova had of getting back to their first Final Four at that point um, since 85 when they won it all. Yeah, I've uh, I've been thinking about that game a lot because it's obviously Coach K's farewell tour. And uh, everybody's talking about Coach K memories. Like, well, my favorite one is Villanova putting a whooping on Duke uh, in the 2009 NCAA tournament. So that game's been on my and mind the, a lot. The only way we can play Duke again is if we play him in a title game. Yeah, I looked at that hey. as soon as the bracket came out. <laughs> that would be great, wouldn't it? That'd be really how about nice. That? Jay For, Wright versus Coach K in the title game in New Orleans. How how, how great would that? I be? would love it, and that would be. I know. I hate to say a passing of the torch because Jay Wright has already cemented himself as one of the best college coaches uh, ever, and he's up there. Obviously, Coach K, a great legacy, but Jay Wright has made a legacy of his own. And what a great kind of like. I hate to say passing of the torch. I'm not sure what to to make of that, but just Jay Wright kind of proving again that he is just as good as you know the the Coach Ks of the world and the Roy Williams. That's always nice to think well, of Jay Wright in that exactly. way. Exactly. You just said it perfectly. Because think about this. Uh, Co- uh, Roy Williams just recently retired. Coach K's retiring. I mean, who is beginning next year? Who is the face of college basketball? I think it becomes Jay Wright. I think I mean, so, too. I, I truly believe. Uh, I mean, even Jay Billis put out a list. Out there. Yeah, he put out a list where Coach K was number one right now, and Jay Wright was number two. Like Jay Wright becomes, yeah. I think, the best coach in college basketball next season, starting next season. It's it's incredible, and it's right here at Villanova. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's fantastic. I've already kept you on too long, but uh, I, I, I always love – going through Villanova memories with you. It's the same thing like talking with Dick Girardi and Mike Kern Saturdays, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. right here on Fox Sports Philadelphia, uh, talking, you know, back in the day, some great college basketball memories, but I love hearing Villanova stories because I am a huge Villanova basketball fan. I don't know if I've told you that uh, too much yet, oh, but I'm no. a huge and, and Wildcats your, your fan. Re, your recall is tremendous, too. I love talking <laughs> college hoops with you, too. You, you, got, you, got, you got that brain. that you, It's all in there. I can just see I have certain ones. <laughs> uh, good stuff. It's been great being with you tonight, and I uh, can't wait for the call tomorrow. And uh, the road to New Orleans for the Wildcats starts tomorrow. Yes, GPT it does. Paints Arena. I, I walked out of the arena tonight, and they had a, all the hockey and all the penguin stuff, and they got all these statues out there of hockey. And I said, no, no, we're here. To play yeah. I don't want to, <laughs> no puck talk. Yeah, especially because of Philadelphia. No puck talk at all. Uh, even though I think you're a Capitals <laughs> fan, uh, but Ryan fan. And thank you for joining me. Can't wait to hear your voice right here on Fox Sports Philadelphia tomorrow calling Villanova's first round action. Looking forward to it. Have a great evening. That is Ryan Fan, and I could go on forever with Ryan Fan and talking Villanova basketball. I loved hearing that story about the Wildcats against Boston College. That was my favorite team. Where the moment I started to love college basketball was that Villanova team. It wasn't St. Joe's. It wasn't Jameer Nelson. It was Alan Ray, Randy Foy, Kyle Lowry, Mike Nardi. I loved that team. And Alan Ray was my favorite player, still probably one of my favorite college basketball players of all time. So to hear those stories are fantastic. And maybe the Wildcats create even more of those memories in the South region in the NCAA tournament. But we're already maybe going to see potential big upset going to break many, many, many brackets. Is Kentucky about to go down in the first round 
We'll get back to that game coming up next on the line change. Fox Sports The Gambler presented by Cure Auto Insurance. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.